Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson, with his wife, Carlotta, and daughter, Hannah Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. Welcome to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson, family practice physician. My topic for today is a Christian response to the COVID pandemic. And I want to start with a personal experience that occurred to me when I was in medical school. I was sitting at a picnic table with a group of medical students and college students. I was putting butter on a piece of bread. And a Christian brother who was several years older than myself looked at me in astonishment and said to me, Robert, you are a medical student. I cannot believe that you're putting butter on your bread. Don't you know better than that? Everyone at the table stopped with their mouths wide open and their eyes bugged out and looked at me for my response. Now, you have to understand that this Christian brother was a crunchy granola kind of type who was into carrying his own little bag of granola with him everywhere he went. He always drank water, and he went hiking every weekend. Well, I looked at him. I put a little bit extra butter on my bread, and I took a big bite out of it, and I smiled real big. And then I looked at him, and I said, Brother, I am 30 pounds underweight. I've been trying to gain weight since I was 16 years old. I exercise for an hour, four days a week. I don't have heart disease, I don't have diabetes, and I don't have high blood pressure. I don't think a little bit of butter on my bread is going to hurt me physically. And then I looked at him and I said, are you the bread and butter Nazi? And when I said that, everyone at the table began to laugh and titter. And then several of them put a little extra butter on their bread and began to eat. Well, I only share that with you because... You know, there are folks always around us who are willing to tell us what we should do with our physical body. And I think that's begun to happen with this COVID pandemic. There are people who are trying to impose upon us the things that are a conscience issue for them. And we all know as Christians that the Bible spoke very plainly to that in the book of Romans and in the book of 1 Corinthians. And we're going to look into that a little bit in, in just a moment. But I want to share with you an article that I came across by uh, Samuel Say, S-E-Y. I think he pronounces it Say. It could be C. But he has a, a blog post entitled Slow to Write. And I really appreciate his writing because he, he takes it from slow to speak, slow to anger, and he entitles his blog post, Slow to Write. And I'm going to read to you several, well, actually, I'm going to read the entire blog post because I think it's worth hearing. And he's responding to a gentleman named David French, who used to write for National Review. A couple of days ago, David French uh, published an article saying, Christians do not have a righteous basis for refusing to get the COVID-19 vaccine. He said the remaining vaccine holdouts are growing more extreme and significant parts of the Christian right are enabling, excusing, 
and validating evangelical behavior that is gravely wrong and dangerous to the lives and health of their fellow citizens. As the Apostle Paul told Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. The power is not political power, but the power of God over the fears of man. The love is for God and for our neighbor, and sound judgment should help us separate lies from truth and tell us that no argument for liberty should trump our responsibility to spare our nation and our neighbors and finally take the vaccine. Now, that's the end of the quote from David French. Samuel Say goes on, and he responds by saying, In other words, according to David French, if you love God and your neighbor, get the vaccine. French isn't the only prominent evangelical making that argument. The argument has become so common and so convincing to many evangelicals, America's vice president, Kamala Harris recently made the same argument. That alone should alert every Christian about the manipulative and the unbiblical nature of that argument. If people like Kamala Harris agree with you on what Jesus means when he says we should love our neighbors, that should concern you. You do not have a Christian duty to get the vaccine. You absolutely have a righteous basis for refusing to get the vaccine. It's shocking this needs to be said, but you do not need to get the vaccine as a sign of your love for God and neighbor. Anyone who says otherwise is attempting to make their words more authoritative than God's words. The Bible says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath, and if I might add, or a vaccine. This is Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. No one should pass judgment on you on the vaccine either. You have a righteous basis for getting the vaccine. And by the same token, you have a righteous basis for not getting the vaccine. Any preacher or politician, any supposed conservative or leftist who tells you otherwise is attempting to take you captive according to human tradition, not according to Christ. Anyone who tells you it's sinful to not get the vaccine or anyone who tells you it's sinful to get the vaccine is attempting to make you captive to their preferences, not Jesus' commandments. Evangelicals like David French do not get to decide how you should love your neighbor on the vaccine. Jesus does. Evangelicals like me, this is Samuel Say speaking, Evangelicals like me do not get to decide how you should love your neighbor on the vaccine either. Jesus does. Jesus has given you liberty to choose what foods, drinks, or vaccines you put into your body. If you're a Christian, Jesus is the high priest of your body, not evangelicals like David French. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
God decides how you should love Him and your neighbor with your body. Nobody else. Some people get the vaccine because they love God and love their neighbor. Others, however, get the vaccine because they hate God and hate their neighbor. In the same way, some people refuse to get the vaccine because they love God and love their neighbor. Others, however, refuse to get the vaccine because they hate God and hate their neighbor. Two groups of people can make the same choices for different reasons, and two groups of people can make different choices for the same reasons. Getting the vaccine or refusing to get the vaccine isn't inherently righteous or sinful. And if I can put in a parenthesis here, it's just like in the book of Romans and in the Corinthian church when folks were eating meat or refusing to eat meat. Neither one was inherently righteous or sinful. The author of this blog post goes on to say, Our motivations for getting or refusing the vaccine is what determines the sinfulness or righteousness of our actions. After all, some Christians get the vaccine because they are fearful and anxious, not because they're loving God or their neighbor. Some Christians get the vaccine because they're trusting in the vaccine for hope and security, not the Lord Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, I know of a pastor who got the vaccine strictly because it's the only way for him to visit his sick and dying church members at a hospital. And I know of pastors who refuse to get the vaccine because they want to be an encouraging example to church members who are tempted to violate their conscience and conform to coercion and pressure to get the vaccine. These pastors are making different choices on the vaccine for the same reason. They love God and love their neighbors. Many of us, however, do not understand or want to understand what it means to love God and our neighbors. In Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. In other words, we love God by obeying the Bible. This is why Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. John fourteen fifteen. And as Jesus said, the second commandment is like the first. We love our neighbors by obeying the Bible. But there's a crucial part of what it means to love your neighbor that many manipulative people conveniently neglect to add when they reference the Bible verse. You see, Jesus didn't say we should love our neighbors, period. No, he said we should love our neighbors as ourselves. This means remembering what Jesus says in Matthew five seventeen. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So what is the right way to understand what it means to love God and love your neighbor as yourself on the vaccine? It means obeying what the Bible says or doesn't say on the vaccines. And it means if you're vaccinated, do not condemn or marginalized unvaccinated people the same way you wouldn't want unvaccinated people to condemn or marginalize you. 
In the same way, if you're unvaccinated, do not condemn or marginalize vaccinated people the way vaccinated people condemn or marginalize you. The Bible doesn't tell you what foods, drinks, or vaccines to put into your body. God has graciously given you the liberty to eat meat or not to eat meat. He's given you the liberty to drink alcohol or not to drink alcohol, and He's given you the liberty to get the vaccine or not to get the vaccine. The Bible is clear on this, especially the entire chapter of Romans 14. Romans 14.5 says, One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. So for some of us, not getting the vaccine is better than getting the vaccine. For others, getting the vaccine is better than not getting the vaccine, and that's okay. God doesn't instruct us to accuse each other of sin when we disagree on this. Instead, God forbids us from quarreling over preferences. Instead, He commands us to encourage each other to be fully convinced in our minds. That's what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. It means we want our neighbors to obey the Bible, and we want them to obey their conscience. It's hateful, not loving, to pressure people to obey your preferences instead of their own conscience. And I might add, as a parenthesis, it's also liberating to allow others to be free to choose. It takes a huge weight off of my own self. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. And get this, it does not insist on its own way. It's not loving to insist on your own way concerning the vaccines. It's not loving to insist that getting vaccinated is a sign of our love for God and our neighbor. People like David French, who claim we should get the vaccine if we love God and our neighbors, are actually hating God and hating their neighbors when they twist Scripture to suit their preferences. They are disobeying the Bible. They are insisting on their own way. They are not encouraging people to obey God with their, all their heart and soul and mind. Instead, they are deceiving people into obeying their preferences with all their heart, soul, and mind. It's hateful, not loving, to tell people they need to get the vaccine if they love God and love their neighbors. If you're fully convinced getting the vaccine is the best way for you to love God and your neighbor, by all means, get the vaccine. But if you're like me, and you believe not getting the vaccine is the best way for you to love God and your neighbor, do not get the vaccine. Well, I've been quoting from Samuel Say from his blog entitled Slow to Write. And I think it was worth sharing with you the entirety of that blog post. And I'll return in just a moment. Hi, this is Bob of Bob Sloan Audio Productions. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast yourself? Do you have a desire to communicate an idea, opinion, or even a hobby or interest you'd like to share with the world? And do you have the communication skill and dedication? If so, let's talk. Send an email and a short description of your idea to bob at bobsloan.com. That's bob at b-o-b-s-l-o-n-e dot com. 
Now let's get back to the podcast. Well, I am back with you, and today I'm sharing with you a Christian response to COVID. Another suggestion that I would like to leave with you is that we should extend grace to people who believe differently from the way that we believe. Many years ago, I was discussing uh, controversial issues in the Southern Baptist Convention with my father-in-law, who was a Southern Baptist pastor, and he shared with me something that has stayed with me for many years. And he looked at me and he said, Robert, on the fundamentals, the essentials of the faith, we should strive for unity. And he was talking about the fundamental doctrines of the faith, like salvation by grace through faith. And then he said on the non-essentials, we should strive for liberty, allowing people to believe differently than the way we believe. And then he said, in all things, we strive for charity or love. And I have pondered that for many times over the years. And I would say to you, my listeners, that in this whole issue of COVID and the vaccines and the mask mandate and all the other issues surrounding this pandemic, that there are certain things that are fundamental in our lives, such as the fundamental orthodox doctrines of the faith, and we should strive for unity in the fundamentals. On the things that are non-essentials, we should strive for liberty, allowing people to believe differently from the way we believe. And if someone decides differently on the vaccine or the mask mandate or other issues, we should allow them the liberty to believe differently than the way we believe. But in all things, we should strive for charity. We should strive to be loving and kind. The second thing I would say to us is that we must admit that things are in a flux. And by that, I mean that there are a lot of things that are not completely known. And because of that, we should not be dogmatic or arrogant or pious. I would recommend that all of us put on our humble shirt. Paul admonished the Christians who he wrote to that they should put on a heart of humility. Now, let me just give you some examples of what I mean. In the beginning, we were told that the vaccines were safe and effective. But over time, it became apparent that the vaccines were not nearly as safe as they were promoted to be. We were also told that the vaccines would prevent COVID. But over time, that was modified, and we were told that the vaccines would only lessen the symptoms. In the beginning, we were told that the vaccines would prevent the transmission of the virus. But then later, the director of the CDC admitted that the vaccine did not prevent the transmission of the virus. Currently, we are being told that most people in the hospital in the United States are unvaccinated. But yet in Israel, which is about six months ahead of the United States, most of the seriously ill people in the hospitals in Israel are vaccinated folks. Things are in a flux. Things are not completely known or understood. Currently, vaccinated patients are probably driving most of the mutations, not the unvaccinated. And that's also an admission by the director of the CDC. 
It's become apparent that natural immunity lasts far longer, is broader, and more durable than vaccine-induced immunity. Vaccination will not stop infections or create the herd immunity that we were promised that the vaccines would produce way back in the beginning. So there are a lot of things that we have been promised that have not come true. There are a lot of things that are in flux. And all I can say is that none of us should be proud, arrogant, or dogmatic about the current situation. My challenge to all of us as Christians is put on your humble shirt, be patient, put on a heart of humility as Paul admonished us to do as Christian folks. The next thing I would say is we should avoid a critical spirit. A critical spirit is always rooted in pride. Romans 14 in verse 3, the Bible says, Let not him who eats regard with contempt him who does not eat. That sounds very apropos to today, does it not? Let not him who receives the vaccine or him who does not accept the vaccine regard with contempt the person who does or does not accept the vaccine or wear a mask or whatever the situation might be. My challenge to each of us is not to allow a critical spirit or a prideful spirit to creep into our Christian hearts. Do not allow a contemptuous attitude to creep into our hearts where we look at other folks as if they are less than ourselves, as if they're not as informed or well-intentioned as ourselves. The next thing I would say to us is you must be fully convinced. Whatever your position, you must be fully convinced. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 5, when Paul was addressing the church in Rome concerning meat that was dedicated to idols, the Christian church was in conflict over this whole issue, especially the Jewish Christians. All of their lives, they had been told that they should not eat meat sacrificed to idols. And then all of a sudden, there were Roman Christians and meat sacrificed to idols meant nothing to them. And they were feeling liberated and they had no qualms whatsoever about eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols. And the Jewish Christians were offended by that. And in verse 5 of Romans, Paul said to the Roman church, one man regards one day above another, another regards every day alike, each man be fully convinced in his own mind. So he was addressing holy days and special days, as well as the whole issue of meat sacrificed to idols. But what he was saying is that whichever way you decide to go, you have to be fully convinced in your mind. And so what I'm saying to you and me as Christian people in the midst of this pandemic is that you must do your own research. You must do your own study. A magistrate said to me many years ago, Robert, when I sit in judgment in the magistrate's court, no matter how thin the slice, the bread is sliced, there's always two sides to an argument. And that's true today. And this whole issue of the pandemic and masks and uh, vaccines, 
no matter how thin the bread is sliced, there's always two sides to an argument. And there are valid positions on both sides. And you as a thinking Christian person must research both sides of every argument. You can't rely on other people to do your research and your study. More than that, you have to pray and listen to the Holy Spirit. You must listen to the subtle prompting of Holy Spirit. And in the midst of all the chaos and cacophony, the Holy Spirit will speak to you quietly, not in the thunderstorm, not in the earthquake, not in the mighty blowing wind, but a quiet, sweet voice, a subtle prompting voice of Holy Spirit will speak to you and say, this is the way in which you should go. And more than that, I submit to you that you should not bow to the pressure of any person, not a family member or a friend, not a pastor or a religious leader, not a politician, and not the government. Listen, brothers and sisters, this is America. This is the land of the the home of the brave and the free. This is the land where we have religious liberty and freedom of conscience. Our forebearers bled and died to purchase for you and me the freedom and the opportunity to choose according to our conscience. And do not allow other folks to force you into making decisions that violate your conscience. But your conscience must be fully informed, and it must be fully convinced. Now, I warn you in advance that there may be a price to pay for living according to your conscience. There may be a price to pay for being a conscientious objector. But that's always been true in all of time and history, that Christian conscientious objectors have had to pay a price for their convictions. And you must be willing to fearlessly stand up for your convictions. The next thing that I would say is that we should encourage one another to obey God with all of our heart and soul and mind, and that we should love God and our neighbor as ourselves, as Samuel Say challenged us to do in this blog post that I read for you a moment ago. And then I would also say that we should not live in fear. Brothers and sisters, God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave to us the ability to have sound judgment. In the church today, there are grandparents who won't allow their grandchildren to come around them because of fear. And there are parents who won't let the grandchildren be around the grandparents for fear that the grandchildren might give the virus to the grandparents. And this is no way for us to live. The Bible tells us that we should not be afraid of the pestilence that comes about in the darkness, that God will protect us. And we should not make decisions based on fear. The thing that is the second leading cause of morbidity in the pandemic today behind obesity is anxiety. And that is such a shock. And I'm just challenging us that as Christian people, we should not live our lives based on fear. 
You've been listening to Dr. Robert Jackson. I'm your host, and you're listening to More Than Medicine. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information on how to contact the Jackson family, to schedule a speaking engagement, or how to obtain Dr. Jackson's books, go to jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast was produced by Bob Sloan Audio Productions.